the Sam Chewy Aviation Business Podcast, brought to you by Bose Aviation. Technology developed over 30 years, appreciated in seconds. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of the Sam Chewy Aviation Business Podcast. Coming up in this episode, we'll be discussing the impact of COVID-19 on the aviation industry, looking at key considerations for pilots choosing a headset in our guest interview sponsored by Bose Aviation, and I'll be letting you know a little bit more about what I have been up to over the past few weeks too. Stay tuned. So the sky is nearly empty. Take a guess. How many flights in the sky on an average day? Is it 10,000, 20,000, or 50,000? Well, I can tell you the number is actually none of those. The answer is actually upwards of 100,000 per day. Now that number has fallen more than half recently, and the number continues to drop around the world. The sky is definitely getting empty. This is really an unprecedented time in aviation history. Aviation has been racing with time to bring back stranded citizens and urgent medical supplies and cargo to save life. People working in aviation right now is really showing the best of humanity. So I would like to pay tribute to those people who work in aviation tirelessly to serve and save the world. So cargo is the new king now. As many of you know, a lot of cargo used to be transported in the belly of passenger flights. With these passenger flights are now grounded, 60 to 70% of the cargo belly space vanished. So there are huge demand right now for cargo. There are over hundreds of 747 freighter flying in the sky at one time. So airlines now have to use passenger plane to transport cargo to keep up that demand. We have seen passenger cabin completely filled up with car boxes, transporting medical supply cargo to the front line. Some airlines like Air Canada have removed all the seats on their 777-300ER to bring additional space for cargo. I've also seen private jet operators such as VistaJet and Crystal Sky using their luxury private planes on cargo charters. However, with many countries' border closed, it isn't easy to deliver cargo around. The International Air Transport Association, IATA, and its members renewed their call to governments to take urgent measures to ensure the vital air cargo supply lines remain open, efficient, and effective. Alexandre Degeniet, IATA's Director General, said, We're still seeing examples of cargo fields with life-saving medical supplies and equipment grounded due to cumbersome and bureaucratic process. These delays are endangering lives. All governments need to step up to keep the global supply chains open. The Middle East has also witnessed a number of airlines meeting that challenge and shining out as heroes of the crisis. Emirates began using their fleets of 777 passenger aircraft to carry cargo and temporarily move all the freight handling operation to Dubai International, DXB, to reduce costs and increase efficiency. The 777-300ER passenger jets can carry about 40 tons of cargo on the lower deck, and this is supplementing to Emirates Sky Cargo fleets of 11 777 freighters. Abu Dhabi's Etihad has also been adding new routes to its cargo network. It's using a number 787 passenger aircraft to carry cargo services between Abu Dhabi and Melbourne, Chennai, Kerala, Karachi, and Amsterdam. The likes of Flight Dubai and Kuwait's Jazeera Airways have also begun operating cargo flights, filling the cabins of their 737 and A320 narrow bodies with cargo. Moving on, our next news topic is the future of A380 Super Jumbo. Prior to the COVID-19, I think the A380 had a future in long haul. But the question now is, will we ever see it again flying in the sky? 
The A380 is a favorite for many passengers due to the space inside. It's a game changer for airlines like Emirates. The A380, I think, is a plane to make or break the airline. What happens when you can't fuel an A380? Right now, it is impossible to run even the smallest narrow body profitably, let alone a monster A380 size. If you look up on Flight Radar 24, which is a flight tracking app, there's hardly any A380 flying the sky at the moment. All of them are grounded. IATA is predicting a slow recovery in demand as passengers are likely to be reluctant to travel in the face of looming recession on top of concerns over their health. I think it is unlikely that some operators will ever be able to afford to run A380 again. So the COVID-19 may turn out to be a farewell party for the A380. Even the world's largest long-haul carrier Emirates is starting to look back and scale back the usage of A380. It has already committed to A350 and Boeing 787 as it looks to restructure the fleet for future of air travel. So the COVID-19 played out now as aviation biggest farewell party. We've seen a lot of airline casualties already. The first one out there was FlyB, the biggest regional carrier in the UK and Europe after the UK government decided not to fund the airline anymore. South African Airways is nearing collapse and plan to lay off all the staff after the South African government decide not to use the taxpayers' money to aid the trouble airline anymore. In fact, there are plans now to form a new state-owned airline. Virgin Australia have just gone into voluntary administration, which the airline actually have $5 billion in debt. The same goes for Air Mauritius went into voluntary administration recently as well. The picture is pretty much the same as the rest of the world with experts predicting the crisis will now stretch well into the summer of 2020. But some analysts have suggested that the Middle East aviation market is in a better position than Europe and the US. It is no secret that the government in the Middle East sees aviation and connectivity as core to their countries. A number of large airlines are majority owned by the governments, meaning that there is a vested interest in the survival. Emirates has already been promised an equity injection from Dubai's government, and other carriers in the Gulf have already said they will eventually ask for state aid, which they can expect to receive. The UAE has continually declared how important its position as an international aviation hub. In the Western world, private carriers may take longer to negotiate with the government. This could make it difficult for each one to secure the bailout packages. But in the Middle East, at least, most major airline firms can effectively count on the state support, which could accelerate the recovery process. Welcome to the news post-coronavirus world of air travel. In fact, 2020s looks like to be a write-off. Welcome to the airline flight of 2021. Before boarding, please walk through the disinfection tunnel and thermal scanner and have your bags sent attacked. You won't find any in-flight magazine to entertain you on board. But look out for the disinfectant wipes as part of the in-flight service. And don't count on being allowed on the aircraft if you start coughing at the gates. Aviation marketing consultancy Simply Flying released a report called the Rise of Sanitized Travel. The report covers 70 different areas in passenger journey that I expect to either change or to be introduced from scratch to restore the confidence in flying after the COVID-19. So here are some of the things you may expect to see based on that report. First, there will be touchless cabins and check-in terminals. Seatback pockets will be left empty. 
there will be touchless kiosk in the terminal that scans QR code to get your boarding pass. Everyone flying the US have heard of the TSA. Coming next, look out for the THA, the Transportation Health Authority. Post-COVID-19, we could see the introduction of in-flight janitor, who especially on longer flights will keep the cabin clean, especially on the high-touch areas like the toilet door handles. You got check-in bags? Expect them to be sent attacked after going through fogging, electrostatic, or UV disinfection. Yep, there are certainly a lot of very interesting frauds and developments out there on how we're going to travel post-COVID-19. And I will keep you updated in every podcast here. Coming up next is our sponsor interview with Bose Aviation, where I'll be talking with Wesley and Neil. They are professional pilots who will be advising me on key considerations for choosing a headset for private and commercial flying. Hi, guys. Hi, Sam. How are you? Hi. So, guys, I often visit the cockpit. I see pilots wearing headsets doing their critical uh, communication exercise. I want to know, what are pilots primarily looking for in a headset? Number one for me is has to be comfort, you know. Um, I think the overall experience has to be that you want to forget that the headset even exists. You don't want to see wires. You don't want to feel anything on your head. Um, I think moving on from comfort, clear communication ha- it has to be the most important thing. Purely on the basis that you're flying around the world, you've got different accents. Or some of the radio levels are quite low. There can be uh, loads of different things, you know, even down to the noise of the cockpit. And you need to be able to get the radio call first time every time. And, and then finally, for me, I think ease of use. I think you don't want to be fumbling around with a headset or you don't want to be having to set it up. You just basically want to be able to plug your headset in, put it on your head and it's working immediately. And it has this, the, the same settings that you would have used on your previous flights. So Neil, do you agree with that? Do you have anything else to add? Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. It's comfort and clarity, which are two of the top things which are important to pilots. Uh, also, just to add slightly below that list, the endurance. I mean, you, you could have a fantastic headset, which has cost a few thousand dollars and you've had it for a year. But if it breaks or if it becomes worn after that year, then it's, it's no point investing that money. Okay, so I want to share with you my personal experience. I just started learning as a private pilot. The, the headset I'm using is actually not so fantastic. So mm-hmm. I just want to know, is there a headset you guys use, you guys definitely recommending? Yeah, uh, I'm currently using the Bose Pro Flight Series 2, the latest model by Bose so far, and it's fantastic. The clarity, the comfortability of that headset is phenomenal. I've been on flights uh, lasting up to seven, eight hours and worn the headset the whole time, and it's worked perfectly. And, and then uh, for me, Sam, I'm actually using the, the, the same headset as Neil. Uh, I've, I've trialed, uh, I would say, about five or six different headsets uh, over the years, and I think this new ProFlight Series 2 is probably above and beyond any of the other headsets out there in the market at the moment. It's, it's a lot of things. It's not on your ears, so it's not causing pressure on your ears for the whole day. And things like put, even as simple as putting on sunglasses or just wearing glasses in general, they're not being caught up in the, in the headset. There's no pressure on your ears. There's no pressure on your head. So it's uh, leaps and bounds beyond it, what else is out there in the market at the moment. So if you're starting your career, yeah, I'd recommend the Bose A20, which is fantastic for high noise environments. And if you're looking to advance your career into the professional environment, then you can take it with you and use it there too. So as a learner here, I'm always wondering how important is it for a pilot can rely completely on the headset to perform in flight? Although, you know, most modern headsets, uh, they don't really fail or they don't 
stop working like without a warning or anything like that. Obviously, reliability is uh, is a huge part of the quality of a headset, in the sense that if you have a headset which is operating as noise cancelling and it's running on batteries, the major issue there is that the batteries could run out uh, and the noise cancelling could drop out and you could uh, you could miss a call. With this Bose ProFlight Series Two, yes, it does have batteries uh, on some of the models. Um, but you'll hear a kind of the noise drop out and drop in again, just to give you a, a good warning that the batteries will need to be replaced. I was wondering, uh, what's the advantage Series 2 over the previous series here? I mean, in my experience with Bose, which was interesting, I actually bought the Series 1 uh, Pro Flight and I, it didn't suit me. I wasn't very happy with it. And I wrote an email to Bose about it. And what's interesting about Bose is that they take the feedback and they do whatever they need to do to send it engineers or whatever. And this is where this series two has come out of. This series two has, has come out based off of feedback from pilots. So any issues that pilots had with this first series of the ProFlight, within a year, they had fixed these issues and brought out this new headset. Um, so it's, it's, it's interesting because it's great to see even putting uh, aviation to the side. It's great to see manufacturers listening to consumers and improving those, those, those like in this case, the headsets. Neil, is there anything you'd like to add on that? The jump in innovation when it came from all other headsets in Series 2 was phenomenal. It's a, like, like we said, the thicker cable, it, it was reduced to less than half the size. And there's this feature which allows you to tap for active noise cancelling to switch on and off. And that after landing, it used to automatically switch itself off due to the inertia of the landing or possibly just a sensitive switch. Uh, they fixed that as well. So they, when, it, when it came from the reliability and the innovation, they've actually thought about each little thing which we would use on a daily basis in work and implemented it. Like the touch for active noise cancelling or like the boom mic not being too long. So you have yeah. to bend it over. And the headset, which instead of letting uh, an earbud dangle, there's a little clip which allows you to clip it onto the side. And uh, the cushions on the top, it's, it's all been intricately thought out, which makes it so much easier to, to use. Well, that's fantastic to hear a company like Bose is actually listening out the feedback from the pilots to continue to improve. Well, guys, thank you so much sharing your experience on the headsets with me. I learned a lot from you guys. I'm looking forward to fly with you one day in the sky. Stay safe now. Cheers, Sam. Thank you. Great. Thank you very much, Sam. Finally, I would like to let you know a bit more about what I have been up to over the past few weeks. So I remain now in the U.S. spending time in my parents' house, which is actually not a bad place to be stuck in. So as a blogger and content creator, this is actually an extremely busy time to follow the fast development in aviation. Things are just so fluid and dynamic like no one has seen before. There are lots of news coming out every day, lots of announcements, lots of measures, and lots of creativities to fight against the COVID-19. I'll be working probably over 12 hours per day in keeping in touch with all the development, with all the aviation industry contacts I have from pilots to cabin crew to management to manufacturers to suppliers across every level of aviation. So since I'm not flying anymore, definitely I have adjusted my content to be more news-related, also more hobby-related. I'm determined to share my love and passion of aviation to all the people out there during this difficult time because I know people turn to things they love during tough times like this. 
So you will continue to see many aspects of aviation in my vlog on my YouTube channel. Um, probably the biggest news for myself is that I've made up my mind to study for a private pilot license, PPL, during the ground time in COVID-19 here. I always wanted to pursue a PPL, and I think it's only a natural progression in aviation. I'm thankful that I finally have a break from my intensive travel and I can work towards getting my PPL. So you may wonder which airplane I'm actually going to learn my flying on. Um, the answer is I will be learning flying on a South African-made airplane called Sling in Sling Pilot Academy in LA in California. It's actually an incredible smooth handling, powerful and fast airplane. Um, I love it because the advanced glass carpets, everything is touch screenable. I recently did a flight with the uh, uh, Sling over the empty beach in LA, over the full airplane storage at Victorville, and over the super bloom of flowers in the desert in the springtime here. I just fell in love with this airplane. I'm looking forward to report my progress with you in our future podcast here. So to close today's podcast, I would like to thank our frontline carers and heroes. Your dedication, commitment, and courage deserve our deepest gratitude and admiration. The late South African President Nelson Mandela once said, when people are determined, they can overcome anything. Thank you all very much for listening. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with everyone you think would like to know more about the aviation industry. I'll be back again next month for episode two for the Sam Tree Aviation Business Podcast. So until then, stay safe and keep well. The Sam Chewy Aviation Business Podcast, brought to you by Bose Aviation. Technology developed over 30 years, appreciated in seconds. <laughs>